You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey everybody, welcome to uh, what I can only describe so far as an awkward reporting as eligible, but we'll stop doing that now and get to the actual football show. Um, I'm Paul Noonan of Acme Pet Company, Shepard Express. We just lost to the Falcons by one lousy, crappy, stupid point, and uh, we're going to break down all of the various reasons why, because when you lose by one point... There are usually a hundred reasons that you didn't get that extra point. So, first to help under the majestic bobblehead wall in urban Wauwatosa, we have. Hey, it's J.R. Radcliffe, training sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. One of those reasons is simply just, I don't know, calling a timeout when the play clock is going down that, in the first half God when your timeouts don't matter anyway. All right, let's get to that in a second. I actually, first of all, I actually have I have to make an apology to Matt first, um, who is here and just doing shtick. Uh, so. Uh, after last week's podcast, my dear brother sent me a bunch of medical research about how you can, in fact, regrow, uh, reconnect an ACL without surgery in many instances through immobilization uh, and rehab. So I was wrong about that. He sent me a, a very reputable New England Journal of Medicine or linked me to it, or maybe I just found it. But yeah, you can do that. So uh, sorry about that. And uh, stand corrected on, on that particular medical issue. Um, yeah. And I'm Matt, but you can call me Matub, and I owe you an apology. Oh, yeah? For what? And that uh, uh, WADA, USADA, and the NFL all banned uh, the two major healing <laughs> peptides <laughs> all last right. year. There you go. There you go. Ahead of the game. Oh, so uh, what's funny is uh, WADA actually invented a new schedule just for BPC-157. So a new category so, came out, and they jumped right to it and figured it out, and yep all right oh no they they straight up they invented the category for, for that it. compound all right <laughs> that's good uh, I, I, I will say the uh, uh surgery is still generally recommended for high level athletes on the achilles um the, the the other method is generally reserved for people who aren't high level athletes uh it does recur more frequently but not a ton and, and uh generally speaking the outcomes were pretty equal so yeah Anyway, let's get to stupid Packer crap because that's what people are paying us to do. So, uh, and Jr. already brought up like, <laughs> the, on, what? Why don't you call a timeout? Why don't you still try the field goal after it? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, just it's, it's just idiotic. Like he's already kicked a field goal longer than that, or at least close to as long as that. And um, I do not understand what happened there at all. Just brain freeze. Just like what was that? That's nonsense. I'm still mad. No, I think it's. I do think it's fair to point out that at the end of the game, do the Falcons then kick the field goal? They don't because they're down by four points or whatever. What they were down two, they would have been down five. So yeah. they end up going for. They they get the first down because all they had to do was get a mere yard on fourth down, and the Packers front couldn't stop anybody. They scored the touchdown, and this doesn't matter. That's true. That's that's how I probably. That's how I envision it happening. So I, it's not really the thing. 
Um, but I and I said this to you in the aftermath, like it's going to take some getting used to for Packers fans watching them play stupid, you know, and and that's just <laughs> You know, like they're going to get outskilled in many cases. This is, you know, while you go one on one on the road and you have to feel good about that when everybody is new, pretty much. You, you just, you, you, this is a game they should have won. It's against a lesser team. They should have been two and zero on the road, and they didn't because of because like they made just really stupid plays. It was the running back going down. When, you know, when all he had to do is keep his feet, and and it was that <laughs> call, and it was the the defensive coordinator, and they were just. <laughs> Like that's that's unusual. It's usually because Aaron Rodgers does, you know, tries to do something that he wasn't didn't need to do, or I don't know. It's just usually not this level of sort of <laughs> letdown. This one made me matter because so you're right. It, there's going to be a lot of sort of just lack of precision things with a young team. Like not not everybody's going to be on the same page. Everybody's got to learn like work habits and stuff like that. But the field goal bothers me because so the penalty whatever that can be an on-field just dumb thing you don't take time out but matt's decision after the fact um like you can still kick that there's no reason not to try a field goal there uh, in my opinion you're inside you're in the dome um your kicker is allegedly very strong so like that's just that's a coaching mistake on top of young people mistakes to, to quote paul allen you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. <laughs> this is not Detroit, man. Although Detroit also has a dome, and it would have been fine if it was. This is not Detroit. This is the Superdome. <laughs> or wait, no, this is Mercedes. Hey, oh, we got it. Yep. Oh shoot! Superdome's next week <laughs> in a parallel next universe. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. Uh, I I I mean, it's it's encouraging to see Anders Anders Carlson actually. I mean, he kicked the ball very well. It looks like he's going to be fine. There's a lot of, I think Jordan Love is going to be fine, probably better than fine. Like the questions that you have coming into the year, I think through two games have been kind of answered in, in a positive. And it's, it's yeah. these little frustrated things like, you know, coach can, the, the coach can call a timeout there. The coach can fix that. The coach can make the adjustment on, you know, B. John Robinson. I mean, so, some of those plays he just cooked people, but some of them were wide open on fourth down. Like, what, what in the world? That's the stuff that's frustrating because you know that they, they could have won that game probably eight times out of 10. Yep. Those are the ones that get you. I think I said on the very, on last week's show, like, I just, I just don't like it. I like it when my team wins smart and, you know, it just drives me crazy when dumb costs you the game and, you know, inexperience is different and I should probably make a, a case for, you know, a, a carve off of the inexperienced problems that happen once in a while, but that one still bothered me. All right. We should talk about the, the, the sneak. Because mainly it was funny. We should talk about because it's funny. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I actually have a question the about air quotes, hard air quotes. So sneak. So much I, meme. I have a question about this that I, I don't know the answer to. So um, why did he dive over the pile when he didn't have the, he didn't have the ball? Right? Because if he had the ball, it would have been snapped, and it wouldn't. He did okay. He didn't have the ball, but uh, so did you guys hear Jordan's post game? I did not. I did not. What did he say? So he took full credit. He said that he he forgot the word so, to yeah. check to the so so like he was expecting to like in one motion grab the ball and dive okay so the, like and so my confusion is because it. he was basically going to take the ball from underneath center on his way over and then it just never showed up yes that's amazing uh -huh. i want to I, now i'm sad because yeah I he was, he to was gonna that. like he was going to reverse troy palomalu himself okay that seems like um, 
maybe not the best idea anyway. <laughs> it seems risky. Like, maybe it could have been a fumble. I don't know. But it looked hilarious. Just just a guy crashing into the butts of his linemen for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> um, it, it maybe prevented a fumble, but goodness gracious. At least he took credit or it took the proper blame for it. So, yeah, that's fine. <sighs> Yeah, that was real dumb. It was. Real- I, I just, I, I just thought he was losing his balance and was trying to hold up from like literally jumping on top of a dude, and just ultimately stump, just kept stumbling, stumbling his way through. Like, he, <laughs> um, he had just committed to doing it, and Doug Na- Nabbit, that body's gonna just keep moving forward so until he can't anymore. I do have one other problem with it, and it is explained slightly by the fact that once the ball doesn't show up, you're gonna be off your game a little bit. But if it was all in one motion. The fact that nobody else was moving, I feel like he should have gotten further. Like, I, I feel like he should have gotten all the way over the pile. Nobody was trying to stop him. Like, it, the fact that he barely picked up the he, – like, he didn't really gain a yard despite nobody was trying to actually prevent him from picking up a yard. Um, it's it's concerning to me. That's all. I just wanted to throw that in. Um, A.J. Dillon, Jordan Love handshake. You got to get more than a yard, kid. Yeah. We have lots of AJ Dillon, Jordan Love handshake. Jordan Love holds out his hand. AJ Dillon falls on his face (laughs) (laughs) and and injures an offensive lineman upon doing so. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. No, but it was the turf. It was the turf, Paul. Oh, the turf got him. Yes. Uh, I mean, (laughs) it's like it's like shoving somebody out of a window and then blaming the ground for killing them. Um, That's pretty much what happened there. True. Yeah. I was gonna say I that's kind of correct. I swear I have referenced this before. The uh Chatterbox radio channel on Grand Theft Auto 3. Have I referenced that to you guys before? No, no. Okay, so Grand Theft Auto 3, uh PlayStation 2 had a channel that was just supposed to be talk radio and it was a bunch of comedians doing shtick. And this one guy calls in and he goes, It is a scientific fact that you can't die from bullets. You can die from cardiac arrest that may come on if you were penetrated by a bullet, but you were not killed by the bullet. <laughs> okay. And I feel like that is that is just yep, same thing. Elton Jenkins' leg. It is. Right there. <laughs> yeah. The problem is always our bodies failing in some way, shape, or form. If we jump out of an airplane, it's that our bodies could not maintain their mass. I mean, technically, it's the body's fault, I guess. Not strong enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's somebody's fault. That's right. And that body's, right. that body's um, AJ Dills. I, I, I imagine if a maybe Mason Crosby against Detroit uh, when he had his famous meltdown, trying to imagine a game where somebody has the least amount to do and fails worse than how AJ <laughs> Dillon did in this game. Like it, it, they did not ask him to do a lot. And he did, he did less than that because he also managed to injure a lineman unwittingly, of course, but like, I don't know, guys. He's that just, was, uh... he, like, you know, he's a big guy. He's he's like a 250-pound running back made of solid muscle, and he just has no balance or push at all. It's, like, just all wasted. It, it It's it, it's hard to watch because uh, it, it just is, it, it's cognitive dissonance. Like, he, he, you see him crash into the line and expect people to move backwards, and instead he just falls down. It's insane and yeah he was awful in this game 15 rushes for 55 yards is like the most aj dillon rush running back line of all time like if you don't stare too hard maybe it looks kind of okay but really he's getting like three yards a carry and that's no good so he they yeah gotta, he is a three yards and a cloud of dust superstar ugh, god he would so be bad. awesome in 1945 and the main <laughs> thing about it is like they win the game with average running 100%. back 100 percent. he just put him in bad down and distance 
repeatedly. He failed to get those crucial small yards. He hurt somebody. Like, just just random average guy wins this game. Doesn't need to be Aaron Jones. Just needs to be halfway competent. And they just don't get that from him enough. It's And on, then you, on the other side, you have, like, Bijan, like, being, like, freaking Batman out there. Um, just making AJ look like he's running in molasses the whole game by comparison to really, really highlighted how bad he was. Yeah. Brutal juxtaposition. I am curious if you uh, like, don't they have to move on? I mean, you know that AJ Dillon is my guy. He's the priest, the priest of page views. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, we talked about uh, running back, you know, part of the reason that you don't want to pay is because there's so many guys who can do basically the same types of things on the, on the elite end and the bad end. Like you can't afford to have somebody who's, who's just straight up bad at that job because you can find somebody off of the street who can do it. So I don't, I don't know how much longer they can stick with him. I mean, the Jonathan Taylor stuff suddenly makes just way more sense. <laughs> yeah, maybe they know. Um, I don't know why they keep throwing him out there, but maybe they do know. But yeah, you should have a short leash on your running backs because you can always find another one. I do wonder how much the second round status has kept him around, but uh, that's it's almost over. Like, There's no reason not to throw somebody else out there and see how they do at this point. Last week, he was even a halfway decent pass uh, blocker. This week, he was not. So he didn't even do that well. There wasn't even secret AJ stuff he did well. Just bad all around. Just a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have one catch for eight yards on a dump off, but like... Uh, anybody could have done that. L- literally anybody could have done that. Yeah, but he caught it, though. He did. He caught it. Okay, fine. He caught it. <laughs> so I, I was having this conversation with a uh, co-worker who's not a Packer fan. And he was like, you know, like, how do you replace Aaron Jones? And I was like, oh, you, you just draft him. Do you know where Aaron Jones was drafted? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, people talk about Aaron Jones like he was like a t- Yeah, like they talk about him like he was a top 10 pick. Like, no. You you can find Aaron Jones in the fifth round. Yeah, because we did. There's one on the Jets practice squad right now, just waiting for somebody to grab him. So, oh Zaza Zavavavan. Yeah, that guy. What's that guy's name? Uh, I mean, I can't <laughs> pronounce normal names. I'm not going to pronounce that name. Start, <laughs> starts with an X. Um, Valade is his last name, which is a fun last name. We should get him. But we have Patrick <laughs> Taylor and Emmanuel Wilson. We could also just try one of those out. One of them is probably average. Both of them are probably average. Just do that. All right. Man, this game is tough. Yeah. Um, also, Bijan Robinson. Uh, j- <laughs> that, I don't. Do, do you think are there things they could have done to stop him? Because he was really, really, really good. It's just, it, it just like it's he he ran through guys. He ran around guys. It it did feel like at some point there maybe could have been something there, but I I don't know. Like so we, maybe he's just that good. We should probably talk about how much of this was Joe Barry and how much of this was just the build of the team that Brian Gutekunst has put together. Because so I've got, this is not a visual medium as we say, and I have uh, a Twitter picture up there that I didn't even bother to paste in of them being in a very wide three man, very light front, and that's Joe Barry's fault. But also, like, there's no big heavy run stopper on this team. Like, they're pretty limited in being able to put out a run stopping lineup. They don't really have it. Like, it's it's Slayton, and that's kind of it. 
and, and, and like other, so if they if somebody wants to run big power against you with a good offensive line, I I don't think there's much Barry can honestly do about it, especially without sacrificing extra bodies. Um, you know, mm-hmm. most teams can stop the run by beefing up their fronts. I actually think the Packers kind of have to bring like safeties way up and dedicate more people to hitting holes to do it, and that exposes you to bad things down the field. So, um, this game, I don't think Barry was great. I think he could have been a little bit more creative. But fundamentally, Atlanta just realized, like, we can just maul them. We're just bigger than they are, and that's what they did. And I don't know what they could have done that much differently. Um, I mean, people were getting themselves out of position. People were getting run over, and there's not a bunch of 350-pounders to throw out there. So I I think Goot deserves some blame for this one, Um, and that Barry wasn't as bad as he's been catching flack for in this one. Untrained eye tells me that's been Ritter. Go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. I was say I I blame Joel Seedman. <laughs> okay, hot take of the week, guy. I mean, Enigbari is not a run stopper hey. anyway, but feel free. Yeah, but Enigbari, uh, not the run stopper, had a clear shot at Ritter on two different read options, um, and just whiffed and f- like fell fell down or whiffed. Yeah. By the way, to, to what Matt um, is referring, he got blown off the line. If you didn't watch hottest take of the week. Um, JJ Inibari over the offseason was working with a well-known quack, and um, that is that is the case. So that's the that's the blame here. <laughs> Untrained eye also tells me that Desmond Ritter, or at least the Falcons in general, did a good job of figuring out how to address the pass rush. You know, he did get the get rid of the ball quickly, used his legs when he had to. Packers pass rush was really good. That's the trade-off of not being able to stop a running back to save your life. They could get to the quarterback. And they did, but that was the first half. And then in the second half, they found a way and, and obviously exploited like the famous, you know, Rashawn Gary being unable to set the edge on Ritter there to <laughs> to, to score that Boy, crucial touchdown. Yeah. I mean, but if things you, things melted down. If you want to see the problem with Rashawn Gary, I think that's the play to show people. <laughs> he just he Oh, he and he also tripped right Razul Douglas. <laughs> poor poor Razul. Maybe he would have that tackle. He, yeah. I mean, I think it, it, it goes without saying there's a huge indictment. The, the The Falcons went for it on fourth down twice in that game when the game could have ended and almost a third time. And I actually thought they were going to snap it the third time when they ended up kicking the game winning field goal. Uh, they lined up on fourth down knowing that they could get the yards and yeah. absolutely did get them. Absolutely. It wasn't even close. If you do want to get into Barry a little bit in this game, uh, the Packers did stay in their two safety shell for a good long time. And that's almost always a smart idea. The one time it's not is if you have a quarterback who can't really hurt you down the field except for trickery. And Ritter's got a bad arm. Um, it's not really their game. They hit like two or three shot plays a game, usually on like the flea flicker type thing that they did, not a kind of a straight like nine ball. And so they maybe could have cheated the safeties up a little bit more and dared them to beat them deep. It's just even doing that, like Drake London was such a monster, um, it just bodying Jair out there that that not sure that works either um <laughs> so yeah just a, a tricky matchup for him honestly it's weird to run into a team that runs the ball 70 percent of the time and hits some of the packers where they hurt but that's, that's what you got here and they almost won anyway so could be worse where are we on how much we blame defensive players who can't catch the football because there were two instances <laughs> over pick sixes a quay walker who did have a pick six last week so you know one of the two and uh and jair of course and who knows if they would have actually been pick sixes, but it sure looked like that was a possibility. Yeah. I, I've always maintained that 
we as a society are a little harder on those guys because they're the last thing they're expecting is for the ball to be in their breadbasket. And at the same time, it just looks optically so bad when they just don't hang on to those balls. <laughs> the Quay one looked really bad. Hit him right between the numbers. Like, and defensive players job one is to stop Oh no, the, the, ball. the Quay one did not hit him in the numbers. Did you, the the Quay one hit him in the face. Face, whatever. Okay. Still, it, 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 it was no. If you take a if you take a screenshot of the Quay Walker drop and you compare it to, let's say, a certain play from an NFC Championship game, mm-hmm. it actually uh, looks exactly the same. Huh. All right. Let's not do that. But I, I am waiting for the first interception to just stick in someone's face mask. That's going to be money. Yeah. But that was close. That one was like real close. <laughs> Nice. I do think you're right, JR, that their job is first to stop the ball, knock it down, whatever, and second to catch it. And, you know, if you're not expecting it, it's a lot harder. Receivers have the benefit of knowing the ball will be here at at this time, and I've been working on catching it all day. And defense players have to read and react. It's totally different. You whip your head around, there's a ball there. So they should be cut a lot of slack. But, man, if it hits you in the face mask, you probably should have seen it coming. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Yes. And uh, where are we on how we feel about David Bakhtiari not playing in this game? Uh, well, <laughs> I wish that I made as much money watching football as David Bakhtiari does. I think we all do. I'm... I Can I just say front? I, I realize the popular sentiment and what's happening here. I am actually giving him the benefit of the doubt. I do think there's a very good possibility that he couldn't play this week because he just wasn't feeling, you know, his knee just sucked. And I th- think also if you're going into this game, you, if you go into the season expecting to sit him, let's say at some point five games this season, this one makes a lot of sense. Even, even you can even throw the turf in there, but like you should be able to beat Atlanta without him. Like I don't even think. So I, if he's hurt, so Jr. If he's hurt, Jr. Let me. Let, let, did him I was gonna say, let me stop. Let me stop you both here. Okay. You you guys know what his brother did, right? Uh, I saw him. Of course, we don't the, know what his brother he, did. I I know what he did. He tweeted a bad meme that was the F around and find out. Um, cryptic David Bakhtiari yeah. brother tweet. Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah. David Bakhtiari's brother essentially sold him out and all but said that he was sitting out on purpose well, by using a meme. If that's your interpretation of the cryptic meme that his brother tweeted, then yes, that's correct. But also that allegedly, so that I, I allegedly interpret it that way. All right. If he's tra- what is he tra- who is he sticking it to? Is he sticking it to the NFL because the product is less? Because all you're doing is benefiting the teams that have the shitty turf. That's correct. Yes, they get to, they get to win a game because you didn't want to play on their field. Yeah. I mean that's weird. His team has grass and does things correctly. He is punishing his team that has the correct surface and incentivizing other people to have bad fields. So yes, he's definitely doing this wrong if that's the case. And Matt, Matt, he's Lafleur, not stupid. If he's if, not stupid, David yeah, Bakhtiari, he's not. If he's actually hurt, Lafleur should have said, "Oh, Bakhtiari's knee is swollen up, and he might not play this week." Instead of, "I'm not going to talk about it, to Bakhtiari this week." That's not how you handle that situation. If that's the case, so they're at least a little annoyed with him. Well, while that is true, they are constantly fielding questions about David Bakhtiari's the the process. He doesn't practice. It's a question every week. And after a bad loss, I can see him being like, oh, God, they're going to ask again about Bakhtiari and the turf thing. And I just don't want to deal with it. I am I am potentially going all naive on this. <laughs> I, I, I really I'm giving well, them a little bit. Did you did you um, see that I figured out why he doesn't practice? No. Why? Explain. 
the Packers indoor practice field, as well as their tiny field in the strength and conditioning area, both use <laughs> field turf, turf. Right. Yes, okay. the exact same turf the Atlanta uses. <laughs> this is great conspiracy that's theory funny. fodder. That is that's funny, funny, actually. Like, what Honestly, if that's I it? don't even uh, care if he yeah. practices. He's good if he doesn't practice. Who cares? You don't want him to tear up his knee in practice. I that's don't. for sure. I do want him to play. Though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, I, I think we're going to find out one way or the other. You know, it, I, I think uh, this, this is not the type of thing that will stay secret, quote unquote, secret for long. Probably not. I think I think I think he's talkative enough young man to uh, I say young man. He's not much. No, he's quite a bit younger than me. Uh, he he's going to share this one way or the other. We're going to find out. Well, I I really it, it sucks that it has to go this way, but I do feel vindicated that I get to take a victory lap on that take. That I, I was the first person to make the correlation between field turf core and the two stadiums. <laughs> Matt, and I said out loud, we might not see David Bakhtiari long before he ever hit the injury report. Matt's salty because Zach Cruz did something very similar like 20 minutes after he did. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, not it wasn't 20 minutes after I, it was a day after yeah, I did. Day, it just so happened to be 20 minutes after my tweet. Yes. Fine. I'm just so saying, to be fair, I, are you I, mad that he stole your idea? Which fairness could have been in the ether anyway we're <laughs> mad that it took 24 hours for zach cruz to watch hottest take of the week is that what you're upset about actually shout out to zach cruz who hit me in the dms and was like dude i'm so sorry i didn't see your tweet like <laughs> it l- totally looks like i ripped you off and then the next day when he was listed as out cruz retweeted my take right. as opposed to his own zach, so, zach's, so it was, zach's good people and i would not have expected him to zach is good play. people that's far more like, charitable than he maybe needed to be yeah, <laughs> that's, that's nice. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right should we talk about some good things before we do our billion patreon questions because there were good we things. We have a billion. There were a lot of good things. Uh, I love, I really think Jordan Love is he's better than I thought he was going to be. I, I I think I said going into the year he's fine. He's he's better than fine. I really like him. I like him too. He's better than I thought he would be too. A couple of little flaws. I have I have some still lingering worries. Like that deep ball is a little bit troubling. And sure. I do wish he would. There's only been two games. I do wish that there would be a game where he would complete 60% of his passes. That would make me happy. Um, and he kind of did this week because they did have a couple of PI um penalties and. Catch the ball, Dontavian Wicks. That thing is dropped into your beautiful, like just beautifully into good, good your arms. Good defense by, by Terrell as well. But yes, it would yes, be nice yes. if he fought for it a little harder. Um, so I, would I mean, like, can we can we talk about the discussion of of late hands and how it relates to that catch? I mean, you can mention it if you want, but I feel like it is so just like Devonte Adams. That that's well observed. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, Devonte Adams talks about a lot of his success as late hands, and that he doesn't put his arms out to catch the ball until the last second. And Wicks had his hands out the whole time, For sure. which gives the DB a good place to put yeah. his defending. Absolute form. rookie behavior. Totally understandable. Absolutely. I'm actually always a little surprised when you don't see that because you know what? Late hands is fun. Like if you're just playing catch, it's fun to wait till the last second to get your hands out there and snag the ball. Everybody should just do that as part of their routine. It makes catch way more fun than it otherwise is. Highly recommend <laughs> late hands. Um, yeah, that's good. But you're right. He, sh- he should have fought harder for that. There are couple questionable ones as well. Um, Love is uh, ranking poorly in a lot of like advanced accuracy metrics, but he also like is third or fourth in the league in depth of target. He's throwing the ball down the field. He's he's doing a lot of high leverage throws, and you know it's working. They they hit big plays every game. They hit penalties every game. They've hit some big over the middle plays. So this is 
this is fine. This is so far sustainable as long as everybody keeps doing it. But I still like the easy ones to come a little easier. But yeah, I, I totally agree. Like he's looked way better than I expected him to. He is in great command of the offense. Um, he always he still almost always makes the right read. Love what I've seen so far. He's been great. And then there's Jaden Reed. Yeah, and your poor get, poor DMs. I'm gonna, your poor they're DMs. They're not too Paul. bad. I also I I wrote like a thing after the fact, basically like here's why I'm probably wrong about Jaden Reed, which. Yeah, fine. That's true. I was right about Dontavian Wicks, too, so that. <laughs> but yeah, um, if you put Reed in the slot, which is where he plays 100% of the time, and alleviate some of the problems with his catch radius, it just, like, he's such a great athlete. He's so explosive with the ball in his hands. Like, you can work with that. He's going to be a good one. Yeah, I'm also sold on, on Reed. I mean, this is, this is one of those Michael David Smith things. Where like you're gonna leave those yeah. tweets up, but I also like, yeah, and you're gonna get I also dunked on a, it for years. I also wrote a bunch of stuff like, "Here's why I might be wrong about this," pretty much right away, and then here's why I was wrong about this, like two weeks later. <laughs> Let he who believed in Rashawn Gary from day one cast the first stone. Yeah, I say. Anyway, um, I, I'm fine. I'm fine owning that one. Also, like this is an interesting receiver class. This is going to be one to, to to study a little bit because a lot of the smalls this year. Um, are turning out to be much better than they have in the recent past, including some smalls who were drafted in the last three years. Like, Jordan Addison's been dynamite so far. Zay Flowers has been dynamite so far. And they were obviously very, very well regarded and, you know, went very high in the draft. But, like, Tutu Atwell is playing super well. Like, the tiniest man in the world is playing super well for the Rams. Um, Smalls seem to be finding a bit of an advantage now. And some of the larger receivers seem to not be finding as big of an advantage now. So I think that's a trend worth keeping an eye on, too. And Reed is right in that trend and doing very, very well. So... Um, small receiver year the small receiver is underway well unless you're a large receiver matched up with Jair Alexander yeah then, then you're you going can, to have then you some can make some hay that's true <laughs> I mean uh, is it is it the body size thing or is it like Jair just really looking like he doesn't care because those those look like effort plays well they me. might be effort plays but he has now I think a solid history of struggling against bigger receivers and I think it might get into his head a little bit. And I think he likes to be physical. Like, he's a tiny guy who likes to be physical. And I think some of that doesn't work and makes him frustrated. So I think it's a little of both. Royce Newman had a good game, guys. He did. Kudos to I, him. I regret to say. Yeah. No pressures allowed. Stepped in. Played well. We should give credit where credit's due. We've ripped Royce a lot. When he has a good game, we should mention it. So he was excellent. And you got a pick from Rasul. I mean, I really, uh, the first half, I would have been like, defense defense is good. Like, yeah, Bijan's got his stuff, and they score right before the half. A shame they discovered Drake London is on the team. But, like, I would have thought, this is going to be an okay defensive game. And then everything kind of fell apart in concert in the second half. But yeah. uh, As bad as no. Jair was, I think Rasul was almost um, equally good. Because he had the pick. Uh, he had Pitts a lot of the time, who had not a good game. And... Uh, he was he he did well with the physical Atlanta receivers. It was uh you know pick your poison on this one, but Russell was legitimately good, and that's two weeks in a row where he's been good. So nice to see him coming back a little bit. Yeah, I gotta say I I I wasn't a big believer in Russell Douglas sustaining it. I thought that yeah. first season with the Packers was based entirely on turnovers, a little bit of luck, a little bit of smoke and mirrors, Same but he's, he's sustained it, man. Yeah, yes. All right, we got to do the questions, Let's right? Questions. Unless there's anything else. No, I think. All that- right. That's it. I mean, we play the Saints next week. They're going to be missing Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara, and their offensive line blows. So it's the opposite of this game, and we should win it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that on the mini pod on Friday, and 
the Saints aren't frankly are frankly not that interesting. So yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> All right, we're going to start. Uh, thank you to all of our Patreons. A million questions this week, as you said. We'll start with Mark Putscarby. So to me, it seemed like Barry was doing what most fans wanted in that he was taking Nixon or another player off the field to bring in an extra big guy to stop the run. So how much of our run defense failure is on Barry versus the execution of the players? What else could Barry have done to try to stop the run? We did kind of talk about this already. We did, but I, I really think he was more or less correct on it. Like I said, he could have dared them to throw deep a little bit more, but the Atlanta passing game was working halfway decently by that point, and they just don't have big guys. So, um, yeah, I, I really think the run-stopping thing is more personnel. Um, and uh, I'm guessing the Brewers just gave up a run by the look on Jair's face. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm already on the next question. And oh, I'm... gotcha. Okay. No, the Brewers, we're, we're, uh, Brewers are fine. Brewers are fine. Good. Carry on. Thank carry God. on. Okay. A um, anyway, like I think Barry's catch catching some strays here for Brian problems. I really think that's true. And they probably won't rear their heads again. Like, there's not really another Falcons out there or anybody on the schedule. At least if they 49ers later, that might happen. But um, this is Atlanta's a weird team. Atlanta runs the ball way more than everybody else runs the ball. They're designed to run the ball. They're an old school football team that plays defense and runs the ball. They shouldn't exist in this day and age. And the Packers just aren't equipped to deal with them. They're, they're just not. They're they're a bunch of small defensive players. They're meant to play against pass offenses. So. Yeah, I, I, this is a goot game. It's not a Barry game. Man, I went into this one to be really pissed off, but you're making it sound like just a lot of logical. It, it sounds like maybe it was their destiny to lose this game. I don't know how I feel about well, that, Well, it's not a good matchup for them. The, the, the Packers have historically not done well against teams like this. If if somebody's got a big power rushing attack, we haven't had a good run defense in ages. We'll get to that question later, I think. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just it's a bad matchup. Bad matchups happen. Uh, to quickly go back to hottest take of the week, one thing Matub said by accident is referred to Jaden Reed as Jaron Reed on a touchdown pass, <laughs> and I just want to be the first to say that I am here for any Jaron Reed catching touchdown content. If we can arrange for that, uh, he yeah, that's my bad. Down. I apologize. <laughs> no, that's quite all right. That's quite all right. Just want to let you know that I was watching and delighted by the idea of a fat man catching the football and running down the field. I love that idea. Heck yeah. Um, J Jaden Reed built. Just a little differently than J Jaron Reed. Tim Braun, if you received $5,000 in your PayPal account for someone's celebration of life and you had no idea what they were talking about, what would you do? Okay, so I, I, let me take this one. Please do, because um, I don't know what he's talking off, about. First what the off, fuck? Okay, this is, this is from the Discord lore. Uh, this happened God. in the Discord earlier this week. That explains that. Um, uh, Discord, Twitter, and commenter regular Jonathan Deal uh, posted a screenshot of his PayPal uh, where someone had sent him $5,000 <laughs> for some old lady's funeral. Oh my God. And he was like, what the hell? <laughs> and so, and it was from like a state that he has never even stepped foot in. And so he's Googling. This was like, this was a several hours affair. So it turns out he has the exact same name and incredibly similar email address to the funeral director. And so they paid him for the funeral to someone with the same name. <laughs> wow. Okay. And you know what? But but like shout outs to him. He tracked down the real person, sent the money back to the person who sent it to him originally. No harm, no foul. Um, and because it's PayPal friends and family, no money lost. That's good. So, John, great dude. What I would do is go, huh, that's weird. And then spend it. So... Like, <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, you would not. Somebody is grieving. You would not do that, Mateo. Really quick. We should... I'd be like, hey, Janet, I'm sorry that you died, but your grandson's a dumbass. Thanks for the money. So what Jonathan did was the correct thing to do in this case because it was so much money. Everybody should be aware of the PayPal scam, though, if they're not, which is somebody sends you a bunch of money and then uh, allegedly on accident and then asks you to send it back and then reports it as a poor transaction. And then PayPal will go and take it from you again. Um, That is a common scam for somebody to get paid twice. uh, And you don't want to fall for that. So... Do do your due diligence if you run into PayPal mispayments. They can, in fact, be scammy on a somewhat regular basis. Hmm. I mean, could you interpret that as somebody is pre-apologizing for murdering you and they want to let you know they feel <laughs> bad could, about it? Good. Here's 5K. You're dead later today. I don't know. Uh, well, that is I, a I hope wild... I'm not killed by like the rhyming assassin. <laughs> Here's 5K. You're dead later today. <laughs> I'll meet you on the street and you'll be laying at my feet. Donald Anderson says, sorry about the Hicks Wicks mix up last Ours. week. I think Far be it from us to get on anybody from mispronouncing a name. So no, no harm done. <laughs> yes. The, the Yosh Nyman family that we are. Sorry about the Hicks Wicks mix up. I think it was an autocorrect victim in the spirit of industrial sites everywhere. This team has gone zero games since receiving a personal foul. Is there a statistical slash analytics case for defensive players after deeper interceptions to just sit down and let the offense take over? Absolutely not. And also, did they get flagged for a personal foul in this game? I didn't think they did. I checked. There's, I think, a, there's a face mask think, on Jonathan Owens for 15 yards, but that's different, isn't it? Well, I mean, maybe, maybe he's just counting 15-yard penalties. Okay, and, and I guess that is a, it is a personal foul, isn't it? It's the, it is also yeah. a personal yeah. foul, right, yes. Right, right. And, so there is and one. It's, that, that man is not a real safety. No, he's not. Okay, but, but, but still, like, no, no, no. My like, content, guys, my content people are... They're not it. It's 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 fool's gold. It's it is fake fool's content. Gold, yeah, you're gonna have to come up with some some new ones. Look, Jr. Jr. What yeah. what you need to realize is all of that is smoke and mirrors, and all you need is love. <laughs> I, I anyway, I, I after an interception, especially a deep <laughs> interception, you absolutely do not want to just go down and take a knee and let the offense take over. Usually, you have a lot of space to operate, and usually, you can gain a lot of easy yards by attempting some kind of return and fumbles actually don't happen that often on returns that they when they do they they stick out they're high profile sometimes guys catch the ball and carry it in a stupid way and that sticks in your head too but uh by and large you can get a lot of easy yards on returns you're going against people who are not used to tackling who are not going to keep their <laughs> okay. lanes also um, i'm sorry i i need to interrupt here yeah the, the game that no one can ever stop talking about stupid contains game, yeah. a, an example of this. It does. Where it went poorly for us because he sat down. Yep. All true. All like, true. Why would you ever ask this? <laughs> no mas. Speaking of which, Julius Peppers is going to be in the Hall of Fame this year. I don't know if anybody is aware of that. but uh, Good. You think he he's going to make first ballot? Are you ser- Is that a serious question? Is there That's any debate that he I won't? I assume he would. Oh, okay, he's okay, awesome. Okay, okay, okay. Well, no, because yeah, he's, he's going, going he's going up against Josh Sitton and Jordy Nelson. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, he is one of I don't remember who the other one is. That's like a surefire first ballot. But yeah, he's he's going in. Uh, PJ Wessel says one win, one loss. Two good examples of good offensive scheme, though. Is it going better than it could have with Aaron? Yes, because yeah. Aaron doesn't have a foot. <laughs> good, good answer. Even if Aaron played, though, um, 
you wouldn't expect much more than this. You get three touchdowns out of your quarterback. Uh, it's not like Aaron was lighting people up with like 300-yard games last year either. And uh, I think at best, you'd have gotten about the same level of performance and with injury risk, which obviously we've seen that, and decline. I think it's very likely that Love has outplayed what hypothetical Aaron would have done. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. If I'm not mistaken, does Aaron Rodgers only have one three-touchdown three pass game last year? I believe yes. that's correct. He only had one last year. And now Jordan Love has two in two weeks. Yeah. I mean, that is a that is a cherry-picked statistic, but I enjoy it anyway. Yeah, and one of them was a push pass, but it's not like Aaron never ran those. So, oh no, for sure, for sure, did those all the time. Aaron Jones cut up cut a bunch of those, like not push passes per se, but little shuffles at the goal line, things yep. like that. Uh, okay, Scarf Twenty One. On a scale of one to ten, how worried are you about the defense? Unlike the offense, the team invested so much into the defense, and it was largely healthy. While one can attribute offensive shortcomings to inexperience and pretty much a massive overhaul, with the defense, it is the same story every year, year in and year out. Even if Barry does have a short leash, would replacing him actually change anything? From Capers to Patton to now Barry, the defense has been an exercise in futility that has spanned for over a decade by now. So this is the dumbest thing I'll say on this podcast, but. I'm actually kind of optimistic about the defense going forward, um, only because this is like the biggest run team you're going to have this year. Like Atlanta really is de- designed to beat like the Gudikins lineup slash Barry coaching philosophy specifically. Like next week, if they if they have a bad game against New Orleans, then you can worry about the defense again because that's going to be a scheme problem. They're built to stop the Saints. They really are. Um, and there's not a big rushing attack left here. Like, I, I don't like the Raiders if they get it together a little bit, but like, it, it's a bad year for running backs. You just played the best running team you're going to face by leaps and bounds. Everybody else is kind of bad. Um, like, you, maybe it's Saquon on the 11th, for, but he's behind a terrible offensive line. Um, he's dinged up too. He's dinged up too. It's not to like uh, December 11th, so he's got time to heal. Yeah, yeah. But like, this schedule is not filled with good running backs and good rushing attacks. I guess they have Eckler, but he's always banged up. He's banged up right now, I know from my fantasy team. And that's still not a good running team. It's just he's a, like a good scat back. So um, I think they're well designed and pretty talented to face who they have to face. And I think they might be okay. Um, you know, they've only played the Bears and the Falcons. We have very little sample for this. We have the trash offense of all trash offenses and super run offense. So maybe they're still going to be bad, but I'm, I kind of like how they're built for the rest of the season. So yeah, we'll see. Could be wrong, 
Barry, uh, if, if Barry's consistent about anything, it's always letting you down. But, um, <laughs> you know, oh, we'll see. Could be okay. This might work. Good, good transition to case of the Sunday berries. Today's performance made one thing clear. The Packers made a huge mistake letting Kurt Bankert go. They should immediately kick the tires on Kaepernick. No interest in either of them as a QB, but don't you think one of them could manage to teach Nixon to take a knee? Also, oh. people sadly seem really upset about this game, so I'm going to clarify that this is a joke. Uh-huh. I kind of knew it was a joke. Yes. Um, okay, but seriously, Nixon was literally having to jump to catch the ball to keep it from going out the back of the end zone and then taking it from nine and a half yards deep. But, yeah. you know, uh, I, I honestly think I would rather him risk uh, potentially getting stopped at the 17 for the potential of him busting one wide. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you're going to have an all-pro kick returner and you never use them, you know, some, at some point you want to take the Ferrari out of the garage, but yep. he, he, come, he comes out of the garage a little too often perhaps, but uh, but I don't know, man. Yeah, should maybe I, pick his spots a little bit better, but honestly, I'm I'm kind of fine with him doing that and... If they have to start at the 20 instead of the 25 every once in a while, eh, not that big a deal. All right. Uh, Patrick Detmer, I haven't read A.J. Dillon's new book, Quadzilla Finds His Footing. (laughs) 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 When the setup has already got you laughing and you're not even at the punchline yet. Uh, But after watching the game yesterday, I can only assume the plot is about a plotting little dinosaur who loses his footing, falls on top of his friend, a giant brachiosaurus, and bruises his friend's MCL in the process. Quadzilla and his friends are now stuck playing with a far less imposing Tyroisosaurus, and he must learn how to run over one-yard marker lines without tripping over them and injuring his teammates. The question is this. Can the title of a children's book repeatedly troll a fan base any more than this one has through two weeks of the season? <laughs> nope. Jeez, that is a good <laughs> it, it cannot. It, yeah, the, uh, the follow-up sequel is actually going to be Quadzilla successfully trucks a linebacker. <laughs> which he oh, yes he also did that it should be it should be pointed out that aj Dillon did kill one man in this game but he didn't he needed those yards yeah he did here we go old man on a bike in shirlington i'm an old man who rides a Woo. bike to and from work so i understand bakhtiari's desire to take a weekend off from physical activity granted i'm not on a four-year 92 million dollar contract to play football on sundays but after witnessing bakhtiari lash out at astroturf all week i was not surprised when he came down with a case of don't want to work itis in atlanta will bakhtiari have a miraculous recovery next week in green bay will the coaches call bakhtiari out on this astroturf il- if this astroturf illness pops up again this season or it is truancy uh, i think he'll play next week uh i don't think i'll miss the home opener if he can at all go and uh, I think this is going to be tricky for them to navigate because if nothing else, Bakhtiari has plausible deniability. He can always claim his knee is acting up. He's been doing it for a couple of years, and for all we know, it does act up with some regularity. It's It seems like it was a bad injury and that it's never going to completely heal. heal. It's bad, um, and uh, you know, you'd like to be able to like call him out for it if he is, in fact, taking those off, but... It's a tough place to be. Like that gets really contentious. That gets into grievances. That gets into so, potentially arbitration, well, and that's messy too. Where I'm at is if he plays this week, then I am calling shenanigans. Why? He has to miss this. He has to miss this week. He has to miss a game on grass, or I am going to forever say that he sat out on purpose to be a whiny little baby boy. I don't know. Like, I don't think this is enough sample size for that. Like, 
he he oh, played. Oh, that's and- that's where I'm at. Uh, I think after how much of a stink, and the other thing that bothers me is the lack of consistency in his stink. Last year, he specifically complained about uh, slit film turf. This year, it's now all all turf. And so, pick one. First of all, well, I mean, maybe he's a second of all. I don't know. <laughs> no, specifically, like he legitimately said turf is bad, but specifically slip film turf is the worst. We need to get rid of this. MetLife got rid of it and he still complained. Anyway, um, I just the shenanigans of his brother, the way he acted all offseason and then to go completely silent when he is a very loud person. I am forever going to say that this was sit out shenanigans we'll see if we get unless halfway, he misses if we get halfway through grass. the season and he hasn't played on any of the turf fields coming up then then sure i'm on board with that but i don't know i want to see more than that that's all the the question i ask here has an easy answer but is it possible to just not be too concerned about david bakhtiari because he's not going to be on the next good packers team and the answer of course is this this team might make the could easily make the playoffs. And even though we say that we're comfortable with it being a rebuilding year or whatever, no one's actually comfortable with a rebuilding year. They want to still miraculously be a playoff team, a top flight team. So and furthermore, you don't want your franchise quarterback to get hurt. You know, I say franchise a little bit in quotes, but not really. Like if he gets hurt, that dramatically changes the trajectory of what this team does going forward next year and beyond. So I, I get that you want to have the best offensive lineman out there for sure. But, like, I'm not wrong, right, that if this plays out like everyone thinks it does, this team is not going to be a playoff team or at least won't be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And David Bakhtiari is not going to be here next year, right? Uh, yes, that is almost certainly the case. But Rashid Walker might be the left tackle next year. One thing, So maybe would, it's not so bad here. Maybe. One thing that would be nice, though, is if they knew in advance enough that Rashid Walker could get first team reps at left tackle position and not having wasted them on Bakhtiari. If he's not going to like, but Bakhtiari didn't practice. Oh, he's true. not that's getting any point. first okay. first team reps. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. I guess it doesn't matter fundamentally in the long run other than, you know, that 0.001% chance they're actually a contender, which is not the case. So yeah, I guess that, that maybe the best strategy here is to just ignore him, but it's still kind of obnoxious. They do pay him quite a lot of money to play left tackle. <laughs> right. Is he a Hall of Famer? Uh, an, an NFL Hall of Famer? or a Yes. No, he's a Packer Hall of Famer. Is he an NFL Hall of Famer? I don't think so. Um, I don't either. I don't think he's no. got There is an argument that he was the best offensive lineman for at least a year, maybe two, at his you know at his position in the NFL. There's an argument for that. There is. I don't he's think He's got, was it, is it two or three all pros? I think it's only two. It might be three. Okay, I, th- I think... So his big his big draw was that he had more All Pros than Pro Bowls. He is, uh, and I think that now that he's a name and now that he's loud, he's going to have Pro Bowls. Yeah, he's got two AP ones and three AP twos and th- and three Pro Bowls. Oh, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah, uh, the Pro Bowls are small. That's a small number. That that it's a that is a big deal in Hall of Fame voting. But I but the All Pros but he had. Good. But didn't he have he had two first team All Pros before he got a Pro Bowl? Uh, no. Not correct. He had a Pro, he had a one Pro, or Bowl, two. Pro Bowl in 2016. Uh, first AP one was 2018. So, what? Yep. I think he's I a fringe case. Made... I I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. So I so I, I don't think he is um, for longevity reasons. But he actually has a good eight year. Um, I think you could make it. You could make an argument of peak value plus yeah. enough longevity. Um, but uh, for me, that's just a little bit short. And I wish he would have. Yeah, um, play a hair, a hair but that's longer the thing is, and more the, dominant. 
the moment that Terrell Davis was let in, I think the longevity argument goes out the window for oh. everyone. I mean, oh man, because you now have precedent. For you, a but for, you cannot window. you cannot compare positions in pro, in hall, hall of Fame voting in the NFL. And I know that you're very hung up on Ter- Terrell Davis. I agree he should not be in the Hall of Fame, but like it's it's not. There's 270 some dudes in there. There's no extrapolation. It's it's all very much case by case, and it's compared by era. There's no way that anyone's going to look at Terrell Davis and say, "Well, you sure, know, this guy only played Terrell, four." Terrell years. Davis was, yeah, Terrell Davis was the best running back in football for four years, and then yeah, yeah. disappeared. That's right. you don't have to argue that case. With David me. Bakhtiari I, I, was, David Bakhtiari was the best left tackle in football for seven. I, I hear what you're saying. I agree on Terrell Davis, but no one is extrapolating Terrell Davis to other players in the modern era They're of football. Not. No one is doing that, especially at different positions. Yeah. Well, damn it, they should. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you're mad about it. Um, I agree. He should not be in the Hall of Fame. Made Wiley, second to last offensive drive, three straight runs with Dylan. Is that what actually lost us the game? <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, it is. It is absolutely. Yes. He sure did. <laughs> I hate, not good. Uh, it's bad. It's it's Dylan failure. It's play calling failure. Like you, you run out the clock by getting first downs, not by running running plays. And good God, like I think. But when you were watching the game okay, in real so, time, did everyone assume that that was what was going to happen? Because uh, it is what I thought was going to yes, happen. Yes, everyone absolutely. <laughs> we we knew exactly what was going to happen. It was it was a slow, painful death that took an hour and a half. Yep. of watching failed aj dylan runs i feel like um, in, in, well, this like, reminded it, me of was, something though well really quick it, it was like oh five yards that's not a bad start maybe they'll get this and then as soon as the four yard carry happened it, it was like, oh the, uh, damn it that sucks they're gonna run him again he's gonna get stuffed and we're gonna punt and yeah that's exactly what happened because if you get to third and one it's the most predictable thing in the world and it was horrible so, yeah yep it, it's the john coon dive except less <laughs> less accurate uh, um it's funny so after he pushed that one pile for like seven or eight yards uh i tweeted aj dylan pushed a pile it's a christmas miracle and then the next play he got stuffed so like <laughs> but okay but this this reminds me um the the like yes it is your fault thing so <laughs> my wife is very interested in bootleg packers merch and she was looking at a shirt that was the Step Brothers portrait with aj dylan and aaron jones oh yeah and this reminds me of the scene near the end of Step Brothers when they're like, are you guys getting divorced because of us? And then she's like, oh, no, no, not. And then the dad goes, it is 150% your fault. You are the reason that this is happening. Like, I I, I want someone to say that to AJ. <laughs> um, I personally leave a little bit of blame on Wayne Larravee's feet. The I was not able to watch this game. I was driving children around on Sunday. <laughs> Wayne Larravee led me to believe that was a first down on back-to-back occasions. Both plays, he said, hey, he got the first down, or did he? Don't do that. That's what that's, <laughs> that's a Bob Euchre thing. Like, it's a striker, is it? You know, like, no, don't do that to me. Because I even, I felt in the moment, even driving around, like, I think, you know they they get the first down here. I think they I think they might win. They, they got to sustain this drive. I certainly knew on on fourth down uh, or whichever third down, the second play that he missed. I I certainly knew like if they don't get it here, it's bad bad news. And then he didn't get it. So Wayne Larry. But, okay, you. but how great would it be for Wayne to be like it's a first down? Actually, no, it's just a bit outside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't heard Euchre say that. The, that phrase in a long, long time. He he has occasionally gone back to that well, but 
alas, he seems to just just do it in the movies. Uh, JD says, is it as simple as if Aaron Jones plays in this game, they win? Yes. I know there were other factors like the run D, but it seems like Jones Jones out there more than Dylan makes this a a, a W. Sub-question, is Bakhtiari just done? LaFleur seemed quite frustrated in his post-game presser with the Bak questions like he was over the whole situation. So we've talked about Bakhtiari. Yeah. I, I, do think it, I, I do think if Bakhtiari plays, they win. I do think if Aaron Jones plays, they win. I agree with both of those. Absolutely. that That is correct. They... They get just enough more juice out of Bakhtiari uh, on the running and passing game to get that done. And if Jones plays, I think they wouldn't going away. Like, I think just his increased success rate and big playability and work in the passing game makes this, if not a route, like a fairly comfortable victory. Uh, yeah, J- Jones makes a ton of difference in this if he plays. It's really too bad he missed it. Yeah, and in, yeah he, in the passing game, too. He's just so good. Yes. All right, Scott asks... Even with dropped interceptions, top running back, wide receiver, two offensive linemen missing, and Newman said as on Sunfield. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, so anyway, to go backwards a little bit, two <laughs> offensive line missing and Newman playing. The Falcons are a team that, with a good QB that a good QB should beat regardless. Were Love's shortcomings late? Uh, were, lo, were Love's sorry about this, guys? Were Love's shortcomings late? A showing that perhaps he's only good with superb blocking, a bit of an inexperienced player choking, or something else? Can he sort it out so we can see him tear a tendon after being traded to the Jets fifteen years like both his predecessors? <laughs> I mean, I think I think Love was fine. It's maybe not his forte to run the forty-five second drill, which is what he was forced to do at the end, um, and uh, that is where it maybe the precision passing does bite him a little bit where he has to go to the sideline. He has to make tight window throws uh, and he has to pick up chunk yards on every player. They run out of time, which, you know, is what would have happened. Um, worth noting though, like Samari Toure actually should have caught the fourth down pass. And I know there was an illegal formation penalty, but it shouldn't have been called that nothing actually happened on that play. So like he actually did at least once put it where it needed to be to get a first down and keep things going. And he had nothing to do with did you. Did you see the end zone angle? I did not. Did you? Okay. The end zone angle of that throw is bananas. He is throwing at nothing. Oh, Torrey yeah, is behind yeah, two defenders, that, yeah. and he knows he's going to break open. That was stupid good pass. Yep. So Torrey's got to catch that ball. That's a, that, It's basically drop might be a little harsh, but like catch the ball, man. And then like. Love didn't have anything to do with the four Dylan runs in a, in a row unless he called them, uh, which I don't think he did. Um, that's just bad play calling. So um, I, I don't think Love was much of a choker here. I, I really don't. And um, I, I think it's rough to say that he sh- – first of all, the Falcons aren't that bad. Um, they are actually projected by uh, by FTN, which is now Outsiders, to win their division. They're projected in preseason projections for 10.7 wins. Um, really? Th- yeah, they're they were super unlucky last year. Their defense is actually pretty good. It's not great, but it's pretty good in a bad division. And they're competent at everywhere but quarterback. Like Drake London's good, Kyle Pitts is good, offensive line is good, um, the run- Bijan's good, Tyler Algier's good. Uh, it's just Desmond Ritter kind of sucks. Um, but in the NFC South, that's actually enough for a pretty good projection. So it's not a bad team. It's not the Bears. Like th- they're competently put together. They run some pretty smart plays. They run some pretty smart defense and offense. Uh, so it's not just like you should roll over the Falcons. That's not the case at all. They're 2-0. Oh. <laughs> um, and I really do think Love played pretty well and was let down by a lot of other people in this game. 
Hey, time seven says it looks like we let the Falcons offense play to their strength in the fourth quarter with runs outside the tackles to which is this mostly attributable a totally gas defense Barry's inability to take away the Falcons strong suit or a pair of slippery running backs all that um all that stuff and it is just their forte and you know if you can't if you if you can run the ball uh behind a, a powered offensive line that's going to win their battles there's not much a team can do to stop you if they don't have the horses to do it and the Packers don't so um, the Falcons just learned they could do it, and there's not a bunch of guys you can throw out there to stop them. It's really that. And Bijan's good, and their offensive line is good. They have a lot of good run blockers there. It is, uh, You can't stop somebody from running. You, I mean, that you, you just can't. They can call running plays all day um, if that's what they want to do, and that's what they did. So, Bill Robbie says, I would trade Watson for Jonathan Taylor. Sub-question, I would trade Watson and Dylan for Taylor plus X. What say you? No. He's saying, basically, I would trade Dylan for nothing. Watson for Jonathan Taylor? Ugh. I would not do that. I, maybe I'll regret that if Watson nev- is never healthy. No. But no. That's, that's a hard no for me, Doug. Yeah, hard no. Well, and that's probably part of the issue here is the frustration with Watson being unavailable a lot. This happened last year, too. Totally. And it's starting, starting to become a pretty serious trend with him, which you know, maybe completely out of his control, but also hey, be careful, maybe. JR. <laughs> Why? What's, if you what? say that too loud, his mom is going to be in your mentions. Well, this oh. isn't a, this isn't a tweet, so it's not, it's not happening. But you don't know this thing. This Cr- far into Christian the podcast. Watson's mom. <laughs> Christian Watson's mom is eternal. She, she will show up at your house. She heard us talking about peptides again in the first few minutes of this podcast. And she was like, I can't do that. Check again. it out. Yeah. And she was gone, so I'm feeling okay. So, Jonathan Taylor is a good player, and he's only 24 years old, but you don't need to give up quality talent to get a running back replacement. You, you just don't. You, you, you have people at home who might be able to do it. You can, you can get a bunch of guys who are cheap to do it. Aaron Jones is great. It's hard to replace him. But, yeah, you don't need to give up a potentially great wide receiver. I'm just sorry. I just, you just reminded me of the – the we have X at home. We have X at home. We don't have X at home though. That's the we, thing. We have Jonathan Taylor at home, and then it's a picture of AJ Dillon falling down. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Taylor would help, but you don't need to go all that way to get him. That's all. Dutch Boy Five. I am both upset and not upset about this game. I'm not upset because I think this shows that we're still just an okay team, and that's what I was expecting this year. I am upset because I do think this game was still winnable. In most cases on the field, it appears that we have players except at center and safety. But to me, our problems are more coaching. Unlike the Bears, who just don't have any players, I don't often feel that Lafleur out coaches his opponent, but rather gets out coached. What say you? Coaching problem or player problem? Uh, I think in this this game is dumb. Um, they get out coached a lot because Joe is not very good, and he does get out schemed sometimes. But like, I don't think Matt got out schemed. I thought they called some dumb things but like even that's a the, aj is a personnel problem like you could not play him of course but um that's the fu- the fundamental problem is he's not very good but lafleur scheme worked pretty well like they they had some splash plays again in the offense um they kind of got too they got too conservative late they got too conservative a couple times on short yardage but maybe they were warranted in that um, and I don't really think they got outcoached, and I don't really think Barry got that outcoached. Um, he got a little outcoached, but I, I, I mean, the scheme I think has been pretty great this this season so far, and responsible for a lot of their offensive success in both games. So, not willing to go that far yet. 
Tom Hates says, have the Packers had a good run defense in the last 20 years? I know this league is much more passing oriented, but it seems like every time we play a team with a decent running back, we get shredded. Yeah. So 20 years, yes, because that goes back to 2003, and they did have good rush defenses. Oh, great. Oh, great. The the storied 03 Packers. Well, in 2010 and uh, 20 in 2009 and 2010, they had good run defenses. I believe they had a pretty good one in 2014 as well, even though it got absolutely shredded in the playoffs. I think that for the regular season it was. But by and large, no. Um, you know, when they have, it's been outliers, and they do tend to construct themselves to be light and, and rushy and pass defensey and not run defensey. And they do tend to, to be benefit a lot when they get the random Grady Jackson and, and Gilbert on their team. So there's lessons there. But yeah, it's a weakness. It's a thing. It, it's organizational philosophy at this point is to be bad against the run, and they could stand to be a little more uh, versatile there. Yeah, I just I just don't know in the modern NFL if you can if you can be both outside of having an all pro at every spot on the field, and you just can't do that with the salary cap. Like, like that's not feasible. Let's just give up one crap safety for one big giant guy. That's all I sure. really want. Sure, just just one. Just give me one. You can do that. Well, they got their they got plenty of safeties to offer. Yeah. Uh Price Trozen, uh question prime. I'm gonna be Johnny Optimist and ask you if you're like me and think the passing game is gonna wreck fools this season, especially when Watson is back. A little more polish and it's really gonna shine. Sub question what lame 90 song will JR Jerry JR always turn up on the radio and sing along to? Mine is all for you by Sister Hazel, nineteen ninety-six. Do I need to answer oh, that immediately? First? Yeah, I assume you're going to. Well, I can. I mean, I, I was Googling he, if something was in the 90s while you did that. So, huge fan of the freshman. I'll sing that anytime it's on 1997. Yeah, Absolute jam. Cool. April of 97. Very formative moment. I still kind of like Push by Matchbox 20, which has gotten a little bit of a bump thanks to the Barbie movie. <laughs> um, and then, but, but the real answer is the other day it came on On Our Way to Church. Oh, it is like a direct portal to my childhood. I love it so much. It is a terrible song. And I love it with like every fiber of my non-ironic being. And that is One of Us by Joan Osborne. It, it is. The, the lyrics are so <laughs> bad. that now. They're so bad, these lyrics. But the concept is interesting. And more importantly, this is a song that I heard on the school bus on the way home repeatedly back in 1995, four. I'm not sure, but that is my jam. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, they, they are going to, I think, be quite good when they get watson back it will increase completion percentage it will increase everything it will open people up we can't wait to see it if it actually happens um i went and saw yeah, guster. Man. i went and saw guster this weekend and there are some there's some 2000s there but mostly 90s uh not mostly 90s two out of three good albums 90s um and they're right in my range for singing so i belt those up but my real answer is steal my sunshine by len which was released in 1999 oh. and is a terrible song but super fun to sing so yeah not a fan one of one of Canada's, okay, would you, Canada's rare would you guys believe? Would you guys believe that my answer actually came on my Spotify playlist this morning? Yes, while course. I was driving it to can the read plant. Your mind, uh, <laughs> Spotify totally can't. So, the feature track from the 1995 Disney masterpiece, a Goofy movie. Well, that, that as performed yeah. by Tevin Campbell. Very good. Oh, I did not see this. Coming. Eye to eye. Eye to eye is great. I can see that. Uh, yeah, so I will absolutely, it, dude. The the key change at the end of the song hits so hard. I saw a, it, it's a banger. I saw a Go study the I. other day that like 
key changes late in songs are like not a thing anymore. Like that it's like one percent no. of songs, and it yeah, used it's to be super like eighty percent of songs, and uh, that's sad. Key changes rule. Bring back key changes. Uh, I agree with you. That's a very nineties thing or eighties thing, really. Yeah. And and I think also you find, and this is not a surprise, but with with the songs are beginning a lot more quickly. There's no intro. It's just like get to the lyrics because people are going to change the channel or it's an algorithm thing or spot, you know, like you have to get that song going immediately. So songs are starting right. You know, lyrics are hitting right away. And, you know, I like a good intro, you know, the freshman by the verve pipe. I love that (laughs) contemplative guitar. So I guess my, my non Disney movie answer would be uh, 1997 Eagle Eye Cherry. Save Save tonight. tonight. There you go. That's a good song. I'm a fan of that. Yeah. Uh, I did say, I believe I tweeted this out this past week, that I do believe Hey Soul Sister by Train has now uh, achieved number one on my personal power rankings of worst song of all time. It is, it is utterly un- <laughs> am, utterly unlistenable. I, I am on board with that opinion. You are not wrong. It, it, it previously, I mean, any the, train the song that... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Any train song. I was, I was going to say, any train song that isn't Drops of Jupiter is not worth listening to. Well, I, I personally disagree. I actually, I actually like some of Train's early catalog quite a bit. Uh, late night, very late nineties, and then early two thousands. B- big fan, actually. Uh, but, but, uh, Hey Soul Sister is an abomination. And it previously the number spot, number one spot was held by She's So High by Tal Backman. That's a nineties song. Uh, that <laughs> She's had so been, lovely. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was my, <laughs> that was the worst song of all time for me for at least twenty years, maybe as many as twenty two. Uh, OMC's How Bizarre maybe briefly held that time. Oh, that song's good. Come on. Yeah, it's kitschy. I, okay. It's kitschy. I'm into I, it. I I'm really feel it. like you're missing. No, the worst song of all time is the '90s techno remix of Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> that is bad. Uh... I, I don't know if I could. I don't even know if that song like bothers me because it's so easy to dismiss. That's the thing is like, hey, soul sister sticks with you in a way that really makes <laughs> me want to die. So it's yeah, I can I can brush off a little cotton eye joy. That's like a, that's like a wedding thing. You right. hear it at a wedding. And it's, it's you roll your shtick. eyes it's and like then you sing barely along. a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um, I love I love our 90s rock diversions or 90s pop diversions more like it. Jason Albert says, can the analytics community, Paul, you're in it. So you're getting yeah, indicted yeah. here. Please pick a lane on PFF grades. You got it. You, the royal you, use them when they're useful to bolster an argument, then ignore them and head to Twitter to complain to the manager when they don't. All statistical measures have limitations, but not all of them are good. Choose a side and have the courage of your convictions. Use or ignore. Which is it? (laughs) Uh, So PFF is bad, and they've actually gotten worse over the last year and a half, two years or so, for, I think, two reasons. Uh, They did some rescaling of their general grading, and it has led to far more bizarre um, grades than they used to have on a regular basis. It's been pretty annoying, honestly. I also think they're stretched too thin. They grade every college um, player now, and I, they don't, I don't think they have the people to do that. And even if they do, uh, you're going to have the employee problem of the more people you have doing a task, the fewer the people are going to be really good at it, the more, less consistency you're going to have. And uh, so I do think that their grades are generally a mess. Uh, the problem is it's so, hard to get a good idea about things like offensive line play at scale. So it's hard to completely ignore them because if you need to say something about offensive line play, it's not that there's a better solution out there. It's It, it reflects the opinion of a guy who watched and graded offensive line play. And while it is subject to small sample size and that guy maybe being kind of a dumb guy, 
it's hard to get something better unless you know what you're looking at and have the time to go watch a bunch of offensive line play. So yeah, for quarterbacks and so did backs, you see? Did I see what? Well, did you see the job posting that was going around last year? Uh, not last year, but no. Why? So last last year. Also, by the way, I apologize for my delay. The DSL in Kansahoma is awful. So I am a full like two seconds behind you. That's why I've been terrible the whole podcast. <laughs> um, so that there was a, a pro football focused job posting that was going around through Glassdoor, um, where they were looking for NFL film graders at their call center in India. Ah, okay. And they were looking for soccer. They were looking for soccer fans that they could teach football. They were like, you must understand football and we will teach you gridiron football. So you are literally reaching out to call center employees that you are going to teach football to to grade your offensive line play. Got it. There's, it's not going to go well. There's another problem, too. Last year, um, Eric Eager left PFF, and I think he was responsible for um, enforcing a lot of their analytical rigor. To the extent that they had any, you know, he was always the one working on warp and positional value and cared, you know, pretty deeply about getting the nuances of things right. With him not there, I could see them getting lax with how they do things, too. So a lot going on there. And uh, honestly, you probably shouldn't. If there's anything better available, trust that. Um, It's just they do cover a few things that are hard to get information on otherwise. Ryan Ziegler says, I deleted my original question. Aaron Rodgers saw ghosts over the middle of the field. Is Bakhtiari actually afraid the turf monster is going to get him? <laughs> kind of, yes. It would be a good movie. Should, somebody should make be. that movie. The turf the monster. Turf monster. Uh, Flaley Joel Osmond asks, is team good? <laughs> I think they're pretty good. <laughs> team, that team, is a Discord-ass comment is, from Flaley Joel Osmond. <laughs> Nicely done. Team, team good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how, you read you, a fart. You oh, can't answer it more than that. It ricks the question if you do. That's true. Team good. You're you're either a smart fella or a fart smeller. Are there any of you as irrationally stuck on the suggestion that apparently 56 yards indoors is too far of a kick to attempt? Is this simply an effort to ease the the rookie Carlson into things without making him take very difficult kicks that he may miss early on in the name of confidence building? Did Lafleur forget that we let Crosby go? Otherwise, why else would a 56-yard kick indoors be too far to try for a professional kicker? Wasn't the whole issue with Crosby other than salary, his leg strength, and ostensibly why we needed to get younger? Uh, we didn't really hit on that, but like, yeah, 56 yarder should have been something Anders Carlson could do. Yeah. And that is why you have him. If you have him is to make kicks like that. So, yes, uh, I think if you asked Lafleur to get and he got an honest answer, he'd say it was early in the game. And if he does miss, then you give a lot of uh, field position away on that very, very long miss and give Atlanta a very short field. And, you know, it wasn't desperate times, desperate measures yet. It was the first drive of the game. You don't want to necessarily give Atlanta their first possession or whatever second, whatever it was, um, you know, basically at midfield, which is kind of where that lands you. So there's that. But also, like, kickers are making longer kicks more routinely than they ever have before. The, the like, average and longest kick distances uh, over the last two years in the NFL are much higher than they've been at any other time. And 
you know, 52 used to be the absolute outside for kickers where you would even try these things. But people make 56 to 60 with some routine now. So, yeah, that's kind of a cowardly thing that happened, and they definitely should have tried a field goal there. That's, that is in range inside 100%. You got to trust a guy to do that. Jeremy Moan says, why is PFF so down on love? This is ties into our yep, earlier question. Indeed. For that matter, so off on a lot of other grades, cough AJ Dillon. I've seen some justification in tweet threads this week, but I want to hear from y'all. Why is it that the Packers analytics people I follow, whom I know would not shy away from bashing him, seem to be very positive on his production while PFF is not? Sub question, <laughs> Milios or Potbelly? Uh, uh, the I've never had Milios. Is it? So Potbelly? Anybody else? Big Potbelly guy. All right. Matt? Um, I have no idea what either of those things are. Okay. <laughs> They're sub-sandwich chains. I, I, Milio's, I assume, is the same, right? So, literally, sub-question. Yeah, indeed. Which That's is very funny. <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> oh, God, joke grenade. Jeremy, good work. Well done. Good question. Joke grenade. That way he threw it. We waited for it. Yep. And it finally, finally went off. All um, right. I can answer the PFF question because I, yeah. I wrote one of those tweet threads. And I can tell you exactly what it is. Um, this is a problem of... Um, this is the on-base percentage problem, and uh, it is when they grade plays at PFF, um, they have essentially like a four points, eh, five point, whatever. It's it's negative two to two per play. If it's super good, you get a two. If it's super bad, you get a negative two. If it's even, you get a zero. That's kind of how it works. And so if you're Jordan Love and you've created most of your value and by the way he's first in epa per play in the nfl right now for quarterbacks if you create a lot of value on just big plays but aren't successful on a lot of little plays you're basically going to be capped at two on your big plays you're going to get oh he had a he had a 45 yard pass interference penalty that's a two okay he missed a one yard pass that's a negative one and you start to see the problem really quickly how this adds up on PFF grades. Like if you miss a bunch of like little tiny passes where you were going to gain a yard and now you've gained zero and it doesn't matter that much because you might hit a 50 yarder down the line, um, it's not going to add up to a positive grade a lot of the time. And maybe PFF will end up being right and uh, Love will stop getting the benefit of those big plays if those start falling incomplete. But I kind of don't think so. I think this is a problem of they don't grade properly to account for sort of gunslingers, big play artists. Uh, they're really designed for consistent quarterback play and really consistent play across the board. They have actually a very similar problem that is less obvious on defensive players uh, who who make big splash plays with some routine like interceptions and big sacks and maybe slough off a little bit once in a while on, on sort of the basic plays where it doesn't matter as much. It's a general PFF problem. It's just really showing up with Lovell because he's such an extreme gunslinger player. So it's sort of a function of, I call it the OBP problem because like on-base percentage in baseball treats a walk the same as a home run. Like either you made an out or you didn't. And it's not quite that because it's not so binary, but it's it's that there's not enough scale range to account for really good plays. So there you go. That's why they're down on him. Jeremy Nachman with our last question of the night. And Matub, this one is probably for you. What is the deal with modern turf? Is it unsafe or less safe than well-managed natural grass? On the one side, you have David Bakhtiari and World Soccer claiming it's unsafe. And on the other, you have the WIAA requiring all level four football games to be played on turf in the name of safety. But is it really just avoiding the recurring costs of grass maintenance? Turf grass maintenance. Uh, before you get started, <laughs> I would I okay, would throw in the, is... the I would throw in the WIAA has a little bit different thing. I mean, first of all, 
the well main the, the the level of ability maintained at high school football fields is probably not quite as good as it is in in college or the NFL. So you're playing on some slick, gross, muddied up surfaces if you're playing on grass versus turf. That's that's all I want to throw in. Go ahead, Mattel. Okay, so I looked into the turf argument a lot the last hey, few weeks. Me too. <laughs> and um, so yes, the the statistics support. Uh, non-contact injuries happening less frequency it, with less frequency on natural grass. Yep. However, they are still at very similar rates. You are looking at a difference of, I think it was uh, 0.005 per 1,000 incidents or per 1,000 reps. Um in terms of a difference, one was like like the last two years was 0.0048 versus 0043. And there have been a lot of studies done on the modern versions of turf. Actually, very specifically, the reason I looked into this is because of the field turf court, the one that Aaron Rodgers just got hurt on, the one that Atlanta uses is very popular in the high school's field. And there were multiple several year studies done on field turf core specifically versus grass. And they found no significant difference in non-contact injuries between high school grass and high school turf. But they said that the types of non-contact injuries were different between yep. the two. Um, so look, man, football is a dangerous sport. You are scrambling your brain every time you step out on the field. And so this kind of gets lost in the minutia of the overall danger of the sport. And I am a very pro labor person. And this whole argument kind of sucks for me because it makes me anti labor. And that it's like you have signed up for the quote unquote gladiator sport. The, the risks are associated with it. Maybe just go out and play and you run the risk of blowing out your knee. I'm sorry. I read a lot about it, too, and Matt's essentially correct. Um, it's hard to do good studies on the topic because it's hard to get uh, your sample really definitively there. It's hard to to get a count of how many people practice routinely on both kinds of surfaces versus how many people incur injuries on those surfaces, uh, especially at lower levels of football. But by and large, Matt's right. Um, it does look like grass is generally safer. At higher levels, it shows up a little bit more. Uh, turf definitely does cause more, especially ankle and knee injuries. But the types of injuries do vary, and uh, grass actually appears to be worse kind of counterintuitively. I don't, I can't actually explain it, but for concussions. Uh, it looks like concussions have been more common on grass fields than turf fields, which I do not get. I feel like uh, turf is harder generally than grass, but, you know, grass is also inconsistent. It, when it's cold out, grass is very hard, and uh, it, there's other things that can happen to change the consistency of a dirt and grass field. Um, so it looks generally like the players union is correct, especially on soft tissue injuries, but it's not as cut and dry as everybody's making it out to be. Hmm. What about the idea that players just simply prefer grass? Like they say, they say whether this is, you know, like sort of just, just, I don't know how true this is, but, but, but they feel like they are more sore the day after playing on turf versus grass. They feel like grass is just so, a more comfortable experience. There, there are also there are two main camps in the in the uh, 
if if they have an opinion on grass versus turf and it's not injury related, it could be separated on their forty time. Guys that run four threes prefer turf. Guys that don't sure. prefer grass. Sure, like yeah, that. that makes sense. Like I do think that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, like I think the players' opinion should be taken seriously. If especially if there's a lot of you know unanimity around this turf is still in the grand scheme of things a pretty recent invention and. I mean, the game was always played on grass in the past. I can see why people like it and um, all that. And it's honestly kind of annoying if you're a football player to have your surface changed to accommodate, you know, Taylor Swift. That's <laughs> that's essentially what happens there is turf fields exist for um, for cheapness and so that other events can take place there without doing damage. And I can see having some gripes over that, especially if you do consider your safety to be at risk and um, if, just if you do prefer it. And I kind of agree with that. It should be played on grass. It's an outdoor sport. But um, in terms of like the pure science of it, it's, you know, it's a, it's a little bit more up in the air. But I'd be annoyed if I was a player. I like playing on grass. I mean, I've, I've run around on the turf field over at the high school here for some birthday parties that my son's friends have. And Running on turf's weird, man. It just it never feels quite right. So, and I, I'm also jaded in that the only turf experience that I have is playing Ultimate Frisbee in the Silver Dome, which was outdoor carpet on top of concrete. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not turf. No, and and it's like, well, Barry Sanders played on that his whole career, and then and he retired early. It, it, <laughs> well, he retired early because the Lions suck. He didn't retire early because his knees hurt. He also like wore I mean, basketball I, shoes. It was weird. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I think enough is. I mean, it's pretty clear that you don't want to be playing on astroturf. But, um, but I don't know. I mean, like you said, it's still fairly new this type of field turf, and we, it's becoming universal at the high school level. I mean, almost everyone has it. That's a logistics thing more than a safety thing because you can have all your youth games and, you know, three, three games a week if you need to and, and band practice and not tear it up. Yeah. Uh, but I think once we get to that universal point in high schools, it'll be interesting to see, will there be more lower extremity injuries on that surface in high schools? Like there'll be, there'll be a more data and I think we'll get a, a better picture here. Yep. Agreed. All right, that's it. We're, man. Done. We're done. We're done. Okay, um, Jr. Anything to plug? I, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Um, just usual stuff at jsonline.com. You know, obviously Tom Silverstein, Pete Dorn, Cassidy Hill do a great job breaking down these games and coming up with a bunch of stories. The Packers podcast, the official podcast that we host, uh, the Green Nineteen podcast is something you should check out. They were they come out twice a week. Um, certainly the Brewers podcast that I run that comes out Monday mornings is, is always good. And we've got lots of Brewers content as they get closer and closer here to, uh, to October, their magic number dropped to six tonight to win the division. Uh, I believe it's six to get into the playoffs as well. Might be five, depending on some things, but I think it's going to be six, but still they're very close. They're going to the playoffs. So it'll be be good. Yeah. And check out the microbrew. It's very good. You should definitely do that. Matt, anything going to do hot take again? Sadly, there will not be content this week because if I started uploading youtube video right now it would probably finish by the time i get home on yeah, friday kansas home house would explode if you did that good call um so yes sir all right so in the future but not right now um as for me I'll, i my shepherd express wrap-up of the last game is up right now or should be um i will have something i think on on aj dylan later this week and i'm going to be on as goes wisconsin this thursday um at 11 30 to discuss the packers so check that out uh mini pod will be on friday as always previewing the saints who 
um, are kind of boring, but have their own level of fun. There's, uh, you know, the good, the fun parts about them are going to be that we get to face Taysom Hill, maybe playing more running back than normal. Michael Thomas, nice little comeback, and uh, Derek Carr in a non-Raider situation. But yeah, uh, stick around for that. Check that out. And uh, yeah, Packers should have a, a better time this week, I think. And we'll be back next week to tell you how it went. So enjoy the game this week. Those creatures jumped the barricades and they headed to the sea. Jump the barricades.